want to share this story with you. Have you ever wanted to just get out an RV and explore all that there is out in this beautiful country of ours? Well, I had the opportunity to help coach somebody do this exact thing. So she, I've met her in the past, and she has been camping with her husband for a while. But in the RV world, sometimes it really comes down to traditional roles. The wife or the mom or the woman, whoever it may be, is handling all the stuff inside the RV. And in her situation, her husband was handling everything outside the RV, looking up the truck and the sewer and all those, you know, not so not so easy tasks, but they're definitely manageable. And so she reached out to me and she said, I really want to learn how to do this myself because she has two sons and they're both graduating next year. They homeschool. That's how I had originally met her. And she just wanted to be, have the opportunity to not be on her husband's schedule and to be able to do some of this herself so that she could get out and make these memories with her kids right now. So I said, absolutely. And I was so proud of her. You guys, I felt like a proud mama because when you learn to do this, she had a 32 foot RV and a it was her husband's truck. It was a big Dodge 2500. And, you know, she comes pulling up and she goes, I don't even drive my husband's truck. I think I've only driven it one time. <laughs> and I said, you've got this. You can do it. And I said, you have to trust me because a lot of it is counterintuitive. When you're making turns, the trailer doesn't, if you have a tow behind like she did, the trailer does not do what your truck does. It does the opposite. So you have to make your truck move a certain way first. And then to get your trailer to follow, a lot of it, you just wouldn't think that's what you have to do. You have to like aim at other trailer and oncoming traffic and things like that. And then that'll allow for your trailer to swing wide. But you know what, you guys, she followed every single thing that I told her to do. And she said, she texted me in the morning before the coaching lesson and she just wrote me two words. She said, I'm nervous. And I was like, don't cancel, don't, because... You know, every day we have that choice to let fear hold us back. We have that choice. Are we going to, are we going to lunge forward and do it messy and take that risk because we have this desire of our heart to spend time with our kids or to spend time with ourselves and to have that rejuvenation. And I, I wrote her back an audio message and I said, you know what? Of course you're nervous. It's kind of scary. It's kind of scary to do all of it, but you're doing it. Like so many other people might stop right there and just have the dream and not follow through but you're doing it. And so she pulled that RV out of storage. We ended up driving down the road. Uh, she did some backing up and then she was able to pull it back into storage and, and she hooked it up. We taught her how to unhook it. And that's the most difficult part. I said, you've got this now driving on the highway to stay in the right lane. <laughs> like, you know, like, don't, there's some tips and tricks and things that I'll teach her for sure. And we're going to do a second session of how to get into the gas station because that's always, you know, a, a, an exciting thing in and of itself. Sure. But I was so proud of her. And it's just the message that I want to share with your viewers is, um, and listeners is if you have this dream that you just want to get out and explore the country, maybe you don't have enough money to fly all over. Maybe you really know that RVing is all about the journey. Maybe you want to spend time with your kids or just, you know, you really have this, this passion in your heart. You can totally do it. Do not let fear hold you back because... If we can do it, and we don't have any special skills, you can do it too. <laughs> well, thank you, Christine. We're so fortunate to have Christine Swartz, the RV mama of four, back with us on the Single Mom MD podcast because it's thanks to your skills and your ability to teach us those skills that we're going to be able to get out on the open highway with our kids and in a rented or our own RV and really enjoy the countryside.
Welcome to Single Mom MD. We bond together in this community to help single moms, both MDs and DOs, get the support we need when we need it. I'm Dr. Gail Clifford, and I'm here to help my colleagues have an easier time of it than I did. Enjoy the podcast and join us in the Single Mom MD community. So, Christine, thank you for coming back to us. And I want to start first, if you don't mind, with something that we ended up cutting a little short on your first awesome podcast with us, hooking up the sewer lines. Can you describe (laughs) for our audience how horrible it really is? Or if, like you say, it really is okay. It's like changing a diaper and yet we get to you get to have gloves on when you do it with an RV. Yes, it's so true. So it's actually not as bad as you think. My 10-year-old actually can do my entire sewer hookup from start to finish. The other kids, they get a little grossed out and they won't touch it. But (laughs) what basically all you need to do, as you said, is if you can change a diaper, then you can definitely do the sewer. And the gloves help. We keep them in a little box. They come and they just pull out, kind of like your doctor gloves. You just pull them right off of the out of the box. And then you just have to hook it up to your RV, which is basically just pushing it and twisting one end. And then the other end just goes right into the ground. And you can put a rock or they sell these little sewer weights that will hold it down. And then that's it. When it's time to empty the sewer, you just pull the handle and you don't really have to do anything that's gross. Now, I will tell you, you have to be okay with just like when your baby, you know, has a messy diaper that comes up their back or something and it's really gross. Sometimes things can go wrong. (laughs) We've had that happen, but it's just part of life. You know, it's just one of those things. It's not normal. So, yeah, I promise I know a lot of people are worried about that, and they want their husbands to do it. Right. But even a 10-year-old, he's never had anything go wrong to him, thank goodness. And he's my big helper when it comes to that. So grab those kids and teach them how to do this, too, because that's one of the things that you're creating these memories with them, but you're also creating a legacy with them that they can pass on to their own kids. I grew up camping with my mom, tent camping. We didn't have the luxury of an RV. And I remember, that is the biggest thing I remember from my entire childhood is camping. And look at where it's gotten me now. You know, now I'm the RV mama of four, love RV, take my kids. My sister, because we're one of four kids, she has two RVs. And so they instilled that in us and they taught us how to do it. And they taught us that it doesn't matter if it rains, if your sleeping bag's wet, if the tent zipper doesn't come up and down right and it doesn't matter. Like every one of those memories are something that's implanted in your kids of, you know, this was a great memory or my mom learned how to fight through this or we had a great time, even though nothing went as planned and, and you don't even have to have a lot of money. You right. can RV or tent on any budget. That's so, so cool. I think that you're, yeah, you're teaching your kids something valuable just by allowing them to enjoy this journey with you. That's so great. And I always remember that old saying time plus tragedy, moderate tragedy, not big tragedy equals humor. Because then that becomes the family stories that you're talking about at at holidays for times to come. (laughs) But to get back to the sewer issue for just one more thing, didn't you tell me that there's a particular order, like you want to make, there's something about not mixing your lines, that there's a dark water and a gray water, and you've got to figure out how to tell the difference. Yes. And so they're labeled. And so one is for your black water, which is your sewer water. And you always want to do that first. And you basically just pull the handle. And then you can tell when the hose is empty because, you know, you can feel it. It's either empty or it's full. And some of them have a clear end where you can see if it's empty or not. But some people are grossed out by that. So they have a non-clear end. So, again, it all comes down to choices and, you know, whatever is going to make your journey the best and the easiest for you to be able to handle. 
And then once it's empty, then you have to close that. You don't want to mix your lines. And then you just pull the other handle. Like it truly is that simple. And that's your gray water, which is your dish water and your shower water. And that will flush out the hose so that when you go to pack the hose away, the last thing in there was, you know, just dishwater, which that's, you put your hands in it. It's not that dirty, you know? Right. And so that, that is clean. And then you also have a tank flush. And so that'll make sure everything's clean, the inside of your trailer. And that's your last step that you don't have to do every time. You can just do that that's occasionally, but you do want to keep your sewer hose in a completely separate bin. Okay. And I keep mine in a bin with a bright, it's black and has a bright yellow lid because there are nights when you're alone, you know, you're with your kids and you're tired and you just might not be a hundred percent there. And so I remember waking up one morning the next day and realizing that I put my sewer hose in my water hose bin. Oh no. <laughs> so, both bins went in the trash because I really didn't want to intermingle my, and I ended up getting a new water hose after that because I was like, what was I thinking? Sure. So are they, hor- then, are yeah. they horribly expensive? No, I just get them at Home Depot. I just use the big Home Depot bins, maybe $10. It was just kind of that ooh factor of like, oh, that was the late night that I did that. Right. So now I keep it straight, bright yellow bin. Everybody everybody knows the bright yellow bin is sewer. So it doesn't matter what color you pick, but pick a different color. That's awesome. Okay. So there was another thing that you, you had started telling me last time um, where you put the nail polish on as far as which way you connect. Can you remember which part that is? Is that the hitch or is it something else? So that's actually the seven pin connector. In other words, the cord, it's basically just the cord that goes from your RV into your truck so that your brake lights and your hazard lights and flashers will work on your RV. So So when I connect that one cord, you just plug it in. Then when I tap my brake or turn on my blinkers in the back of my RV, it's connected. And so everything I do in the truck will also do in the RV, which is essential because you know, the people are behind my RV. They're not behind my truck when I'm driving. Sure. And so it's something you always want to check when you do your final walkthrough because it's not difficult, but you have to push it in straight on like so many other little things in life. You know, if it's at a little angle, then it might not work. And that actually happened to me once too. I think I have a story for everything, Gail. Of course you do. Um, so one time my husband was driving behind me, which is rare because he very, very rarely comes camping. It's just not his thing. Right. And he said, he called me and he's like, why are you not turning on your signal? Cause we were in rush hour traffic in Denver. And I always, always, always check. And it must've been like the one time again, there's times when you're just in a hurry. So I keep a cheat sheet, a laminated cheat sheet in my RV. And I recommend that everybody do that. Sure. I can help you create one. I have one that I give to clients when they sign up um, to work with me because it's so essential and it's so easy. So and you just go right down the checklist. And the last thing is like, make sure that that, you know, that your hazards and your flashers work and your blinkers. Um, and so I just pulled over and sure enough, the little plug just wasn't quite at the right angle. But the tip that you're mentioning is um, if you put it in upside down and so on my Ford, you can't tell it's just a circle, but it has this little ridge. That's all it is, a little ridge. And they never told me this when I bought my RV. And so that's why it helps to have somebody as your coach or to join into the membership because they only have like an hour to go through their walkthrough. They're not sure. telling you everything you need to know. They didn't tell me that the cord could go in upside down. So we're driving to the beach with my mom and the kids. We're so excited. We got our wraps. You know, we're all ready to have this amazing time. Yeah. And my mom said, what's that smell? <gasps> Something burning. Oh, is no. Fire? And I'm thinking, yeah, I smell it too. I'm thinking it's the engine. 
I pull over and the cord had caught on fire. It wasn't like a blazing fire, but right. you know, when a cord catches fire, it like melts and you can see exactly what happened. Sure. And so I was thinking, what am I going to do? We're 20 minutes from the beach. What's going on? So I call my mobile RV guy and he said, do you have the notch up? And I'm like, what notch? Nobody ever told me the <laughs> And so he said, this actually came from a guy. This is a girl tip, but it came from a guy. Sure. He said, turn it around. And when you get home, you take your nail polish out and you put your nail polish and you paint the notch. Because it's really hard to see. It just looks like a circle and it's a very small notch. And he said, that way you know, nail polish goes up. If you don't see the nail polish, it's an upside down. So it was a $100 cord that I had to replace. Sure. But that's why I'm so passionate about helping women. So you don't have to make all these mistakes. Because you will. You know, you just, sure. you, they can't possibly tell you everything. And even if they do, you're not going to remember it all. No. So it helps to have somebody to help you along this journey to not make the same mistake. But yeah, Definitely. get your nail polish and paint the ridge and you won't, you won't catch your cord on fire like so I did. is it just the ridge of the cord or is it the ridge of the cord and wherever you're connecting it on your RV? It's just the ridge of the cord. Okay. And so where you're connecting it on your RV just looks like seven little pins. That's why they call it the seven the seven pin cord and you're just pushing it in okay. but on my dodge truck it won't let you go up put it in upside down so okay. that's another thing like it might not be an issue but it could be so it helps to to really just have somebody there that can help you for whatever issue might come up and the men i say the men in my life the men in my life are my mobile rv repair guys they're, sure. they're not connected to any, any, anything past that i was so gonna funny. I'll, I'll say things like that and then it can totally be taken the wrong way but you know <laughs> They, they, they're watching out, they watch out for me and I appreciate it so much because then I can pass that along. Um, yeah. I have another tip if you want to hear it. We got, we have, what, go ahead, one more for this. Okay, I got a quick tip. Yep. So when you're backing up your, your toe ball, you're basically trying to get your toe ball so that it goes right underneath um, on the, on the RV and you have to line it up exactly. Well, sometimes that's hard, even when you have a backup camera, because it can be shady and it's just not always as clear as you'd like. If you take a ponytail holder out of your hair and you literally stick it over the toe ball on the RV, then you can see exactly in your backup camera where you have to go and it just fits right over it. And so then, you know, that's where you have to back up. That's a perfect tip. Thanks. So how about talking about what the advantages are of renting versus buying? I'm going to assume that most of us are going to try renting first just to make sure we actually love it, not just think we're going to love it and then put a lot of money into it. What do, what's your take on renting versus buying? So that is such a good question and it comes up quite often. So if you are going to travel more than two to three weekends, you might want to actually consider buying because the way that this works is that you can get an RV for really cheap and your monthly payment can be significantly less than like a car payment or something else because they stretch out the payments over time a lot more than they would for a car. Mm -hmm. So for example, my first RV, which I call Breakdown Betsy because right. that's how I learned everything on Breakdown Betsy. We sure. broke it all and then I finally got my new RV. And fortunately, that one has gone pretty smooth. Um, but my first RV was about $16,000. I had a bunkhouse in the back for four bunks for the kids. And it was the perfect RV to learn on. And I didn't actually even know about renting back then. I just jumped head in because that's kind of the personality that I have. So, it, so sure. for any of your listeners that just want to jump right in, um, my payment was between $150 to $180 a month. So for me, 
I thought if we go out to Chili's, it's a hundred dollars for a family of six. Right. So why not, you know, not go out to Chili's once or twice, cut back on the Starbucks a little bit and instead invest in something that I can go and do anytime I want with my kids and just invest in them and the future and teaching them something that they can pass on to their kids. So that's what we did. But if you're, you made a really good point. If this is something you're a little bit hesitant about, or maybe you didn't grow up camping, or you're not sure if you're going to love it. Renting is so easy these days. So I actually just rented an RV about a month ago because I wanted to be able to help women know exactly what the rental process is like. So I flew to Arizona for my daughter's dance competition. We stayed at a hotel, glammed it up, and then I sent her home because she's 16, so she could fly alone. And I met this gentleman off of Outdoorsy.com. There's there's three of them. Outdoorsy, RV Share, and Cruise America are the biggest. Okay. And so I just chose Outdoorsy, and he he was actually only 15 minutes away from my hotel. Wow. So I took an Uber to his storage unit. That's where I met him. He and his son, who was my daughter's age, they uh, it was funny. They were at the storage unit. They met me. I drove his 32 foot Class A motorhome, which if you're not sure what that means, it's basically just a driving. RV and it's a big one. Is that like <laughs> one of the eight? It's like one of the eighteen wheelers you'd pass on the yeah, highway. It's not quite as big because those are generally about forty-two feet, and this oh. is thirty-two feet. But it was okay. still very large. Ten it, feet's I, a big I difference. Have a picture right now, you would definitely yeah, it, it was huge. I have no idea why I rented that big for myself. I I just I'm used to big RVs, and I just when I was searching, I just searched for close to what I already have. But it was the best experience. I was in heaven. So I took that RV. I drove. I didn't. I was going boondocking, which means you have no hookups. And it was in the desert, which means there's no spots. You just drive and park where you feel like parking. And there's RVs every which way. And there's, I loved it. I loved it because there was no rules. It was just, you come in and you park where you want to park and do what you want to do. And um, then I did that. And I went to the RV show that they have. It's a huge RV show in Quartzsite. And I spent a week there and, you know, it was great because I, I personally have a tow behind RV. They're cheaper. The class A's and the class C's, those are both driving RVs. They're going to be more expensive because you have a motor, you have an engine, Okay. but for your listeners, you know, choosing what RV is best for you is something that I help with as well and what to look for and what options are out there and how do you shop. And I even, for my Colorado people, I even can go and help them shop and negotiate a deal because since my husband doesn't camp, I negotiated and bought both of my RVs and both of my trucks by myself. Wow. So I've kind of, I have experience in that as well. And it's a very male dominated industry again. Right. And if, if you go in with the confidence and the knowledge that you know what you're talking about, they will respect you. And it, oftentimes I'll have them joining my RV Mama Upwork Facebook group. I, I go every weekend nice. uh, just because I love it. So I'm always at Camping World or this RV show or that <laughs> RV show. And I'll be telling them stuff. And by the end of it, they want to, you know, they're like, oh, I, someday I'll have an RV your size. So it's funny because when I first started, it wasn't like that. It was kind of like when you go to buy a car and you're like, oh, my gosh, I hope I can do this, you know. Yeah. So, so so many things that you can learn, but it's so doable and it's so worth it. The RV journey is so worth it. That's so great. And it's definitely valuable to have you as such a key asset. So I think that leads really nicely into what type of RV fits your lifestyle and how do you choose the right size RV? So I think that okay. you said that anybody who joins your membership or your community, or if they live in Colorado, you can actually be there live and in person, which is awesome. 
But how, what do you recommend for people that are that are still going to join your community but don't live in the area? So what kind of tips can you give us for the best way to choose the right size RV? Okay. Um, let me make sure I have everything I wanted to say about that. Hold on one second. Um, so the travel. Okay. I'm ready. So one of the things that is important after you decide if you want to rent or if you want to buy are what size RV is going to be best for your family? Well, it really comes down to the size of your family, how many people are going to be traveling with you and your lifestyle and what you like about camping. It's supposed to be fun. So I have friends that like to glamp and I have friends that like to camp and everything in between. And there is an RV for everybody. You know, there is a budget for everybody when it comes to RVing as well. We have several friends that full-time and their RVs range between a hundred to $300,000. And my kids love going into $300,000 RVs. We sit in there and they watch movies and they're serving wine. And <laughs> we got fancy plates. And like, you you know, that that's why I'm saying like, you have to figure out what your personality is and what is going to make you enjoy this journey the most. And so if that's within your budget, they have that. They offer that with RVs where you will have every amenity at home that you would have at home. And if you, if you choose that, that's called a class A generally. Okay. Um, they have bunks in the hallways for kids. If you get a class A, your bunks are generally going to be in the hallway. So that's something that you can consider. Do you know They're not going to have as much privacy as they might have in a tow-behind trailer. So I have a travel trailer because that, well, one, that fit my budget. I didn't have the money for the class A. Sure. But also because I can close the door. My kids have privacy. It's called a bunkhouse, and it comes in a travel trailer. And they're they're more in like the 16 to $35,000 range. Okay. And so that's very manageable for a lot of people, especially like when I said, it's not a car payment. You don't have to be done in seven years. You can often space it out to more like 15 year payment. So sure. it just depends on what you want to do with your budget. But a bunkhouse is great because the kids can shut the door. They have bunk, you know, they have their own bunk beds. They have their own beds back there. Um, another option that a lot of people like for families is a toy hauler or a fifth wheel. Yeah. Now you do have to have a truck for that because okay. the toy hauler or the fifth wheel is going to come into the bed of your truck. That's the one with the and overhang that's where it connects. Yeah. Okay. But it also makes for more stable driving. If you think of it like a wagon with a travel trailer, you know, if somebody's holding the handle of a wagon and they're running down a hill, the wagon starts, you know, swaying a little more and you learned, you learn to accommodate for that. There's, sway bars and all kinds of things to prevent that but okay. if you have a toy hauler or a fifth wheel they're very, they're large they have a lot of space for toys like atvs or boats or bikes so that's another great option for kids and they have, they also have bunks for kids so it just depends on what kind of tow vehicle you have and if you want a truck for that or not but there's so many options and i just want people to hear that don't be held back by budget or, you know, these challenges that you think it sounds hard or I might not be able to do that because it's totally manageable and I can help you just take the steps one step at a time with any questions that you may have because it is overwhelming at first, but you can do it. It's it's worth the journey. That's so helpful. So when um, my daughter was little, I would have been, um, so say for me, it was just myself and my daughter after we lost my husband. So I would have been like late 20s, early 30s with a toddler and then, you know, five, six-year-old. What kind of thing would you have recommended for me? Because I get really nervous when things get too sway. I would recommend a travel trailer, honestly, because when you're starting out, they're easy to sell. 
they're easy to buy and they're not that expensive. And most people don't have a truck. If you're, if you're a lady, you know, I do, but that's because I RV. Right. And that's why I have a truck. You know, sure. I didn't have a truck before that. And so you don't have to change everything in your life. Like you said, you can go out, you can rent, or you can say, you know, I'm going to go all in and try this. And worst case, you don't like it. The RV industry right now is still booming even after COVID and you can sell it. Worst case, okay. you know, worst case, it's just, you're not using enough or whatever. You can sell it. But I would challenge those people of, are you not using it because you don't know how to do it or because you're scared or is it just because you don't like it? If it's because you truly don't like it, that's one thing. But if it's because you just need help, the RVing community is, oh my goodness. So I cannot tell you how many people have helped me. They're, they're just, they love helping. Awesome. So I think that feeds really well into, you know, we're talking about what size, where can I park my RV and actually camp? When I actually, I don't want to, is it boondog, boom, mm-hmm. I don't want to boondock. I want to actually be able to hook up. How do I, how do I find those things? And that is a great point. Boondocking is more advanced or if you're super adventurous, say you're just the outdoor enthusiast, that's definitely the next level. I have been RVing for eight years and I just started boondocking at year seven. Wow. So some people just, you know, they love it. That's their style. They just really want to do that. But I recommend when you're first starting out that you find a family friendly campground that has full hookups. So for example, KOA is a great place to start and they offer a value, a KOA value rewards where I will get at least several nights free every year just because I stay at the KOA that often. So you'll get like 10 to 15% off every time you stay. And then you'll also, that adds up to get points where you'll get a free night. And then they also offer member free night September. It's over the weekend of September 11th. So in, in all the KOAs in the country, almost all of them, you can go and stay for free for as a member. That's awesome. So, so offer, it's, it's membership and that basically builds like loyalty points like you would at a hotel? Exactly. Okay. Yes, exactly. And it's definitely worthwhile to join because you're getting it each. You don't have to wait to use those points because you're also getting it every time you stay. And then that's like a bonus that you get as well. And the KOA campgrounds, um, they have different levels. Some are called KOA holidays. Some are called KOA journey. But they offer a lot of activities for the kids. And so if, especially for your listeners, if you want to get out there and just really have a great weekend or a week with your kids, you don't have to leave the campground and entertain them every minute of every day. There's a lot to do at the campground. Jellystone is another one. We call it Yogi Bears because it's Yogi Bears Jellystone. Yeah. And um, that is one of my kids' favorite campgrounds. They will, just like the KOA, they'll have activities going from eight in the morning till nine at night, just depending on, you know, who's, who their activity director is and what's going on. But they often have splash parks. They'll have playground. They'll have planned activities like baseball in the park. They often have jumping pads, basketball courts, tennis. Wow. I mean, this is like, and this is all included. So Kid just party central. Gonna, yeah. And so yep. we always look for a KOA or Jellystone. Um, even once we started boondocking this last year, which I've absolutely loved because I get to get out into the national forest and explore and find all the stuff. My kids love that. But if you ask them and you let my 10 year old actually does my planning and booking nice. And, um, because I don't really enjoy that piece of it. I like to just get up and go and drive and whatever. And he's a planner. So he downloads all these apps and maps. He's only 10, That's but he awesome. downloads all the apps and maps and he will literally plan out my route. He planned my entire route from the Outer Banks, North Carolina, home to Denver. Love it. And he told us where we were going to drive. He knows what I like. He knows how long I like to drive, how many miles, 
what's on the route. And then he would call them while I was driving the RV, make the reservations. And they all thought he was a girl because he was 10 years old and they thought they were talking to an adult. Sure. And then we'd get there and, and he, he would, you'd give him my credit card and um, he would choose. That's where he would always look. He'd be like, mom, do we have to save money? Cause if you want to save money, this is the next step. State parks and national parks are out of this world. State parks, you're going to get a lot of lakes, a lot of trees, a lot of space at your campground. You're going to feel like you're camping. um, And they're just beautiful. But they're not going to offer necessarily all of the activities and things like that, other than like a lake, if they happen to have that. How do you Um, know where they have utilities in advance? Because I think especially beginning, I'd want to make sure I was able to plug in. And I highly recommend that. I highly recommend it. It's just going to make it so much easier, especially with kids. They just want to get to the playground and get to what you're doing. They don't, you know, they don't want to deal with generators and all that stuff that you need to have or when you're boondocking. And so it's so much easier to have the hookups. And so you'll find that online. There's um, Reserve America. There's lots of different websites. But if you go on and look at like state parks near me and in my membership, I actually have a whole lesson on where you can find state parks and national parks. But there's different websites that you can go to and look up um, basic Google searches in your area. And there's another one called the Army Corps of Engineers. Very nice. You don't have to be in the Army. You don't have to be an engineer. um, But they offer great campsites for like $15 a night. That's amazing. County campgrounds are about $15 a night. And national parks are in the $25 to $30 range. But it's built in hiking, biking, nature, all of that fun stuff. And then if you're more on the activity side, you can look at the KOA and the Jellystones. Is there a symbol that tells you if they have utilities? Um, yes. It'll, it's- Excellent. So how exactly do you tell the places that have utilities versus no utilities? So if you go to a private campground, almost all of them will have pool hookups. And a private campground is like your KOA, your Jellystone, the ones we were just talking about that have a lot of family fun activities. Those are generally going to have it. Sometimes the only thing they won't have is a sewer at your site and it'll say partial hookup. And that just basically, you'll have to read the description because it could mean no water. It could mean no sewer or it could mean just electric, but you just read it. It'll tell you, but at a private campground like that, generally the only thing that you might want to watch is if they don't have sewer at your site, they'll have it at the entrance. So when you go to leave, it's called dumping your tanks. You just dump your tanks when you leave. It's not quite as convenient because then you have to stop and set everything up while you're, you know, while you're at the entrance instead right. of already having it hooked up at your site. Sure. But it's really not that big a deal. If that's the only site that you can get, and you can generally go depending on the size of your family, between like three to four, three to four days without needing to dump your tanks. And if you're cautious about it, some people can go even longer. Just depends on your family size. So it's not like you'd have to keep moving your RV and go to the front. Um, but if you are looking at a state, national, or county campground, which I highly recommend those, you guys, they're just, they're so beautiful and so cheap. And your kids are going to get an entirely different experience than if you're at a private campground. Sure. Um, for those, it's actually very common to have partial hookup okay. or no hookup. When you're starting, I would not do a no hookup. That's definitely more an advanced type of RVing. Okay. So if you get a partial hookup, I just booked one yesterday. Because in a lot of states, something to watch for, the state and national campgrounds won't always just let you book six months out. Every state and every campground is different. So I was booking to go to the sand dunes in Utah, and I want to be there July 26th. So I had to wait. I originally thought I was going to do July 28th. So I booked yesterday on March 20th because that was how far out you can book. 
however many months that is, three or four. But in Colorado, in some places, you can book six months out. So it just depends. You have to really kind of plan out where you want to go and then see what their deadline is. And then as soon as that opportunity opens, that window opens, go book right away. Because those state, national, and county campgrounds book up faster because they're cheaper. And um, you definitely just want to be aware of that. So I booked mine right away. And every single spot was open. It said they open at 8 a.m. And I just logged on at 8 a.m. Awesome. But when I logged on, it said I tried to get full hookups. And it said not available. And I thought, well, that's strange. And then I thought, oh, that's right. It's a state campground. A lot of them don't have full hookups. So I looked in to see exactly what it said. And it said they have electric. And it said that they have water. And the only thing they didn't have at your site was sewer. So that's fine. In that situation, you just dump your tanks when you leave. And that's all they had. And I want to go sand duning and take the kids on ATVs through the sand dunes. So it's such a great thing to do. That's awesome. How long does the water tank last in the average RV? So I have a family size RV. I like to call it. It's a 35 foot RV. It's large. It's one of the bigger uh, tow behinds. You can have the travel trailers up to about 40 feet, but most of those are going to switch to a fifth wheel where it's in the bed of your truck instead of pulling behind it. And I generally can go with, um, I would say about three to four days, but I see some people say they can go a full week. It just depends. Um, there's definitely tricks that you can do. Like, you know, you can throw your paper in the trash can and throw it out every day or every time you need to, instead of, you know, cause that's going to take up more space in your sewer. So if you're, if you're consciously knowing that like you might not, you don't have a sewer hookup at your site, you can do things like that to be more cautious so that it doesn't fill up as quick. And then also for your gray tank, um, it depends how many showers you're taking. And if you keep the water running while you do dishes, my, you know, my parents always fill up my camping sink when they come and they do the dishes in the sink, but I don't like that. I like to have fresh water. So I do have to be more cautious with that though. If I'm at a place where, you know, you don't want your sewer tank to fill up this quick. So is there, um, so there's dark water and gray water. Is there also a clear water that you can drink right from it? Or do you have to have bottled water as you go? So you will get, when you hook up your hose, it looks like a garden hose, but you don't want green because the green one, even though we all grew up drinking out of the green hose, it actually has chemicals in it. Okay. So, you know, we all survived, but it's not great for you. So you want to get a white water hose so that you don't have that, that issue. But that is fresh water. Yeah. You plug the white hose into your RV and then you plug the other end into their spigot. And it just looks like, you know, it's got the two handles and you just plug it in. And then you turn on your hot water heater in your RV and that will give you fresh drinking, cold, hot water. So where do you stay on your travel days? And and what do you mean by travel day? Just so we're clear, what's the definition for you of a travel day? That's a great question, Gail. So travel days are, say, I went from Denver to the Outer Banks, so Colorado to North Carolina. I planned five days just for the kids and I because I'm the only driver. And we took one day off in the middle on Wednesday where we just didn't travel at all. So on those travel days, what I did for the first like five years of my RVing is I would pay $80 a night to stay at the KOA. I'd come rolling in at 11 o'clock at night. Don't recommend that. It's dark. You're trying to do things in the dark. It's stressful. Your kids are all fighting. I don't recommend that. <laughs> so one of the things we recommend in our in my membership is the 333 rule, especially if you're doing this alone, is that you want to go about 300 miles which is about four to six hours a day. And you, you know, this is just a guideline. You want to arrive by about 3 PM. And I don't really follow that one just because we like to, we don't like to leave at the crack of dawn, but it just depends on your, um, 
you know, what your style is. Do you like to sleep in a little bit and get a later start? But I don't recommend doing what I did the first five years, which is paying to arrive at 11 o'clock p.m. at night and then leaving the next morning to go travel again. So what we learned is on those days where you're trying to get to your destination, that's what your travel day is, there are many free options and safe options. So Walmart is a huge one that we, we love staying at Walmart. I don't love shopping at Walmart, but we do when, when we're on the side of the road and it's nothing against, you know, I I shouldn't have said that because, you know, it's just a little bit stressful sometimes. Yep. And we're going to, we are definitely going to go in and shop at Walmart if we're utilizing their parking lot. Yes. Yes. And that's what I was going to say. Yep. When I'm RVing, I love shopping at Walmart. I love that they offer this free camping I, I just love it because what they want you to do is park in the back of the parking lot. Don't okay. go take, you know, because when I park, I take up 15 spots. Wow. So I don't want to go park and take up, you know, their shopper spots. So I will go to the very back of the parking lot. And often they have trees. You can get in the corner. You feel like you're in this nice little spot. Sure. You have no time that you have to leave by. So that's really nice. Um, and we have had a great experience. But you do want to call ahead. And you want to get the manager's permission as a courtesy. Oh, and very nice. get the manager and not, you know, Joe Schmell because the Joe Schmell will probably be gone by the time you get there. Right. And just get their name, write it down, and then we've never had an issue. But some of the Walmarts are now, if they either have a smaller parking lot or right. people are taking advantage of it, like homeless people or people that are staying for a week instead of a day, sure. um, they'll put up signs that say no overnight parking. Yeah. So you can get in trouble for that. So that's why we call ahead and say, do you allow this? And is it okay? And I always get my 10-year-old to call because I told you he's my planner. Super. So he calls all the Walmarts and asks them the questions. Um, another place that you can stay is Cracker Barrel. Oh, nice. People Cracker Barrel for free. They allow you to stay overnight. Home of the Google and, Cluster. Oh, yeah, and then you can wake up in the morning. And, and we always try to support these businesses that are allowing right. us to stay for free. Go for and breakfast. Up, yeah, you go for breakfast. You play your checkers. It's a great way to start the day. Um, another thing that you can do is rest stops. Uh, you're going to, they, they fill up if you travel late at night, like I do, you know, I'm always looking for a rest stop at 10 o'clock at night, but I'm really trying actively this, this past year to not torture myself and my kids by driving so many hours in a day. And, and it makes all the difference in the world. Since I started that, you're able to get rest spots, rest spots easier, yeah. you know, you're working at daylight, but that's another option for people that is easy. Is, is a rest stop then considered boondocking? Because, I mean, they have the facility, so you can run in and get water, and you can run in and go to the bathroom, but you can't plug in anywhere, can you? That is a great point, yes. And so your battery on your RV will allow you to use lights, and it'll also, I have two batteries, so I can even open my slides. I don't want to open my slides past the lines. When you go to a rest stop, think of, like, where the semis park. You don't want to open your slides wider than one spot, or people are going to get mad at you if you're taking up one and a half. But my bunkhouse, the kids can't access it at all to get to their beds unless I open my slides. So I'll just open them enough that I'm still within my line, so I'm not offending anybody taking up two spots. And you are, you know, basically boondocking at that point. But your RV is made to be able to do that for a night. Just don't leave your lights on all night. And you'll have to – this is one thing that drives my kids crazy – you won't be able to charge your phone. You won't be able to do anything that has electric That's to them. I'm going to charge my phone. And then I'm like, sorry. So you need to prepare for that. Bring the little, you know, black RV chargers that you don't have to plug in. You won't have your coffee in the morning, you know, because your coffee pot won't plug in unless you have a generator or solar, which a lot of people, when you're starting out, you won't have that. Right. But that's or, okay. Have a gas station. And- or use the outlet. 
that just sounds like so much fun. And there's so many unique things you could do, whether it's using the outlet inside the rest stop or, you know, just doing without your cup of coffee one morning, have a Coca-Cola instead, maybe. But um, <laughs> let's talk about another issue that's got to be top of mind, especially as we're starting out as women on traveling alone, uh, safety, especially for single moms traveling with kids. Um, I, my experience is that RV people like you are very generous and very open-hearted, but we of course have to be worried about safety. What tips do you have and what have you learned during your years as RV mama? So safety is definitely a concern for women and your kids. And we have always throughout the eight years have had only positive experiences. I can remember in eight years, only two times where it was a little, it was a little weird and I felt a little uncomfortable. Other than that, never. And so it's something that if you're proactive, that you don't have to worry about. You don't have to let that fear hold you back if you just take the precautions up front. So one of the things is check out the reviews on the website. See what people are saying about it. Is it family friendly? If you're going to a private campground like a KOA or Jellystone, you're going to be surrounded by a bunch of families and a bunch of kids. If you're going to a state or national park, you're going to be a little bit, you know, more, a little bit more isolated, but you're still going to have a lot of people around you. They'll often have a playground and a lake and they'll have a, often have a camp post. So if anything goes wrong, there's somebody that works there and lives there so that you can access them even off duty. Um, so that's one thing to think about. Another thing that some people will do is bring their dog. You know, I have a little dog named Fluffy that's the definition of a lap dog, and he would not do anything to help me in that situation except for probably lick the burglar or whatever, you know. Right. But honestly, um, that is something that makes a lot of people feel comfortable. If you have right. a bigger dog or whatever, you can bring your dog, and they just feel like, you know, the dog will bark or that deterrent. Sure. Um, so what I do, because I really have not had any safety issues where I, I, it's just not, I'm not that fearful of it because I've experienced the community and know, um, just how awesome, you know, generally the RV community is, right. but I do recommend this just because like you said, it's, it's good to take precaution as a woman. So I keep bear spray next to my bed. Oh. Um, Bear spray or wasp spray. Bear spray is a little bit expensive. It's about $45 on Amazon. Okay. But if you're going to bear country, Colorado, we stayed in the national forest, just the kids and I, and we were the only RVers there except for one other RV in the whole national forest. It was wow. the craziest thing ever did. And we were boondocking and I forgot the generator cord. So yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> The kids were like, mom, we have no lights because it just was one of those things where kind of everything that you try to do just didn't quite, you know, pan out and you're kicking yourself because you knew what you should have done. Right. But it was one of the best trips we ever had. Aww. We were in the pitch black. All we could see was stars. We were in bear country. We had our bear spray. Like, oh, it was so cool. But I recommend if you don't need bear spray, say you live on the East Coast or right. bears aren't really an issue, you don't need to spend $45, go to Home Depot and buy your wasp spray. Okay. It's the same idea. If you have mace, it's not as good because you have to be close. You're, you know, you have to be like this. Wasp spray and bear spray has a huge distance. Bear okay. spray can go like 40 feet. Um, and so that way, it's just good self-precaution. It makes you feel better. You have something to, you know, that you can do if anything were to happen. But then the other thing is just like at home, just lock your doors at night. You know, that's pretty much what I do. I lock my doors at night and I have my bear spray if I ever need it. And that's been enough for me for eight years. How thin are the RV walls generally? I mean, like if, if somebody tried to break in when you and your kids are, are in the RV, like I, I understand that doesn't happen often, hopefully never, yeah. 
but right. um, is it just you hear the noise and that gives you enough time to like, how would you get out if there was a fire? Is there a back door? Do you go out through a window? What kind of mm-hmm. precautions do you have? So the, unfortunately, the RVs have pretty thin walls. So if you have an early bird neighbor, um, sometimes you're like, oh, can you please go back to bed? Right. But we're the opposite. We're a bunch of night owls in our campers. So they're probably thinking the same thing. So it's just it's just par for the course. You know, if, if you run, um, my daughter likes a sound machine. What I do is I'll run the air conditioner fan or the heater fan all night. So that that way it's just this constant sound. And so we don't get woken up by neighbors sure. and things like that. But if but there's a fire, situation, how do you get out? So in Breakdown Betsy, our first RV, we actually had a fire escape door. Oh, nice. Okay. Was it in the bottom? Oh, yes. Well, actually, this is actually pretty funny. It was in the bottom bunk. So the kids used to use it all the time as their escape from mom door. I love the idea of an escape from mom door. So if it's not running from a fire or some other emergency, the kids can just use it to hide or get out in a way. Get out and go, you know, bike or whatever. When I say it's time to pick up their clothes or whatever the case may be. But most trailers do not have an escape from mom door. We laugh that Breakdown Betsy um, is kind of that trailer. We just, that, that was our learning trailer. Sure. And so the other way that most trailers that you're going to buy now, they have the fire escape door windows. And so normally you'll have like a twist like this, and that's how you open your window and it'll just open and then it'll close. Okay. And it only opens so far. So it's like a built-in safety precaution. Like a person couldn't fit in. It's, it's giving you a gap of like this to get air, but not for a person. Sure. But then for your fire escape doors, it's got this red latch, so you know, fire, and you just pop it out. Is that like and the then, school bus, the school bus window latches kind of, or the emergency door? Be. Okay. Yeah, it kind of sounds like you just pop it out. And that's also, so like in my master bedroom window, that's what I have instead of the twist. And so it still doesn't pop it out wide enough for a person to fit in, but that would be your window that you would get out and that you could easily just pop the screen out and get out. We've never had any situations like that. Um, Good. In my, in my RV, we have two doors. So another option, if you know, if your fire alarm went off or your carbon monoxide or whatever, we have two doors. So that helps as well that you could just go out another door um, if that were an issue. Awesome. How do you cook on a budget without eating out? So whether it's at the campground or, and especially with you, because you're traveling with five, is the refrigerator big enough to hold all the food or do you carry it like, is it a mini fridge and then you carry coolers or do you just eat everything out of cans and boxes? I love this question. I oh, good. It. You guys, I love cooking over the fire. Oh, nice. I love it. So we have bought some things from Amazon, like these grill plates, and they literally, it has a stake in the ground and then a little triangle at top, and it holds your pan right over the fire so that you can cook over the fire. I have several different types of that. Wow. It is so fun. They, they, I have entire campground recipes in my membership and oh. I have little campground cookbooks that teach you like how do you foil is a big thing foil packets you can make dessert over foil packets you can use your dutch oven you can use your lodge cooking pans and so i will oftentimes when we go camping especially when we're in the state in the national ones where i just feel like i'm in the woods in the forest and i don't have ten thousand activities we're trying to run to at the campground i'll cook breakfast lunch and dinner over the fire and the kids will sometimes ask me mom why do you do that and i said because i love it I love just sitting out here drinking coffee, having my speakers going outside. I've outside speakers nice. in the RV. And it is, you know, people oftentimes will say, I can't do what you do because I don't have enough money. And I think 
I, I wish they knew, like, neither do I. You don't have to have enough money because you can stay free on your travel days. You can stay for 15 to $20 a night at the state and, you know, national campgrounds. And then when you get there, I really try hard not to eat out a lot. Unless you're going somewhere like Maine and you're going for the seafood or whatever. The lobster. But the kids know. Yeah, the kids know, like, we are not going to eat out that much when we are there. Because I keep coolers in my RV. Okay. So when we go to the lake... We take whatever we want out of the refrigerator that we've likely shot for at the Walmart the night before the travel stop. And um, we'll pack our coolers. I have a separate drink cooler and I have a food cooler. And off we go. Paddle boarding, biking, hiking, whatever we're going to do. And then in the RV, they're not usually, unless you get like the glamping RVs like I was telling you about where you're spending 50, 60,000 and up. And getting a full-size refrigerator. You'll get a full-size. But you guys, I've had this you know, my RV has the traditional RV refrigerator. It's plenty for a family of five. I can go a week or more without having to grocery shop. And we'll pick stuff up along the way at the fancier gas stations, like the gas stations that have fresh food, fruit, granola, um, things like that. Or they sell frozen food, Hot Pockets, whatever. I'll stock up when we go to get gas and just keep adding it in so that I don't have to go grocery shopping. Um, and it just, it works. And we also have a little outdoor when you're shopping for your RV we have an outdoor kitchen and it was an absolute must have for me because I love cooking outside. And so you can use your Instapot, you can use your crock pot, you know, you could pop that in, go off, explore all day, come back and your dinner's ready. Awesome. So there's so many cheap options, but in the outdoor kitchen, I have a pretty, I have a refrigerator. that's about half the size of my one inside, but that's our drink fridge. We keep all of our drinks outside. So if you want a drink, you got to walk outside in our RV, but my kids are fine with that and it works amazing for us. That's another great tip. I think that's awesome. I really appreciate the branding that RV Mama for and being able to reach you in all these ways, your availability to the community and just the joy you have sharing this. I really appreciate. Tell me about your, uh, is it Monday that you have your last podcast? Tell me about that real briefly. It's going to be the last thing we talk about. Which which podcast? The laugh. Oh, okay. All right, so here's the next question that I know is on everybody's mind that's listening. Why start RVing now, Christine? You guys, it is never too late to take this dream and turn it into an RV journey, an RV reality. It doesn't matter how old you are. I say it doesn't matter what stage, what age, or what part of the journey you're in. Just go for it. Why? Because your kids are getting older. My son, who's 18... He's graduating this year. You're, as they're getting older, they may not want to camp with you as much. They're going to want to be with their friends more. They might get a job. Now is the time that you just need to get out there and make these memories with them because you never know what's going to happen in life. Also, we're getting older. Unfortunately, you don't know what your health is. It's part of life if you don't make those decisions now to go for it. You never know what's around the corner. And so I always say, Definitely get out there and start making memories one mile at a time now, because there's no better time to do it than now. You're so right, Christine. And you've already given so much great information. Um, I'm just thinking that, you know, the cost of your membership right now, which amazes me, I understand that for um, founding members, you're offering it at $19.99 a month. And that if you're a founding member and continue in the in the membership, that they keep that price forever for as long as they continue to pay. But this number obviously is going to go up. I mean, just those um, those cookbook kind of recipes, the, the campfire recipes, that's more than the price that you're charging. And your value is so awesome. And I really appreciate that you're offering this founding member 
uh, price to my single moms because we're also busy trying to pay off our student loans, as you well know, being a lawyer and having gone through law school yourself. You know how, how those loans build up so quickly. So that's really awesome. So I'd like for you, if you would be so kind, tell me a little bit more about the community and how um, my audience can join yours. Yes, I'm so excited because I'm although I'm not a single mom, I can't single. And so it's I can relate to so many things that you're saying and to your listeners and having that monetary debt of, you know, having gone to an, a professional school like that, it's right. a lot. But what I would say to your listeners is, yes, that's why I'm so excited to offer them this rate of 19.99. It will go up because I have courses where I have over 99 lessons that I'm building out. I have them all some of them are already published and some of them are behind the scenes, but they're all there, the structure of all of them. And as people join the membership and say, this is what I need to know right now, then those are the ones that I'm releasing first. And so that's why I'm so excited to offer them this lower rate of only $19.99 a month. And like you said, they get to lock into that. They're grandfathered in. So as all of that new material and content is coming out, they won't have to pay anymore. Um, I also am trying to do so many other things within the community. We have weekly calls where we'll have a topic related to RVing that we'll talk about, and then it's opened up into Q&A so that all of the members can jump in and get their questions answered. One of the other things I'm really doing early on with this um, membership is that people have access to me, whether they have Facebook Messenger, whether they have Boxer, or even good old-fashioned text message, audio, or text. They can reach out to me, say they're camping and they have a question, they have a problem, they're trying to plan. I, I'm totally open and willing to helping people out if you can't wait until the next weekly call. That's totally fine. And one of the other things that I'm doing is one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I am actually planning a trip that we are going to be doing a camp out for any women that want to come join us in Kansas. I have a friend of mine that has a similar business to me and she's in Missouri and we're going to be meeting up in Kansas and inviting all of our, all of our members and anybody else that wants to come. And so I'm really looking to grow that as well, where you can meet us in person, you can bring your families, you can come join us. And at a very low rate where, you know, this is something that we really want to offer to bless others and really, you know, have that social aspect. We're going to offer classes. So there's so many things that you can get out of the community. Um, with the courses, the coaching, and the community, and that special rate of only $19.99, I think you're going to find so much value that you can just really begin and learn how to RV without having to make all the mistakes that most people do in the beginning. That's so great. And so for your contact information, I have that in the description for this podcast, um, but you also have a YouTube channel and some of the most amazing and funny things that can happen. So RV Mama of Four, and the direct way they can reach you in just 10 seconds is what? So my website is www.rvmamaof4.com. And if you can just remember RV Mama of Four, that's pretty much my handle and everything. That's my Gmail. That's my YouTube. That's my Facebook group. So, uh, okay. So I really do appreciate all the great branding. So knowing that RV Mama of Four, whether you go to Gmail, YouTube, any of these things, you're going to find Christine Swartz. And I love that. Um, I also know that recently you've started something on, is it Mondays, that you just love to laugh? Yes, it's called Make You Laugh Mondays. Make and You Laugh Mondays. I part yes, I partnered up with Hope Filled Moms, Kalista, and basically we just want moms to know that it's a messy journey. It's not perfect, and you often go into Facebook, we're doing it on Instagram, um, but you often go into Facebook or Instagram and you just compare yourself to other people. 
You know, you look at all the places they're traveling or how much money they have or how great their kids are doing in every activity in school. And you start to wonder, like, am I doing this mom thing right? But we're here to tell you our funny stories because this last week you'll have to check it out. But I actually showed up to my kids' first day of school barefoot. The kids decided to clean my car. And I like to try. I, I like to drive with no shoes on. I know it's a really bad habit, but I keep my shoes in the car, and they cleaned my car as a gift for the first day of school. And when Aww. we got to school, I had no shoes. And because we homeschool, one of the requirements for classical conversations is the moms have to stay on campus. So I had to go the entire day, the first day of school, meeting the moms and pretending like I was totally normal with no shoes on. Oh my so gosh. that's just a reminder of. Do it messy. Your kids were, my kids were just glad that I didn't take the hour, you know, round trip back to go get shoes and make them late. Right. And now it's just a funny story. And the director apparently thought I was a hippie, but you know, <laughs> I'm owning up to it. I'm not a hippie. Just embrace <laughs> it. Shoes on. Yep. I mean, the kids did something nice. It's always a wonderful thing. So thank exactly. you, Kristen. Oh, tell me, because that Instagram isn't RV Mama for that's Kalista's, right? What's the um, No, it's on both of ours. Okay. Yeah. So again, you can find it Instagram RV Mama Afora. It'll show up on both of ours. And then um the YouTube channel is at RV Mama Afore. And that's where if you're really interested in finding video tours of RVs, I'm trying I have a lot of those that I'm gonna be posting as well. I know a lot of people like to go in and say, What does the inside look like? I attend a lot of RV shows, and so that is a whole um, thing on my YouTube channel as well, as is video tours of RVs and other tips and tricks. Wonderful. Thank you, Christine. We'll look forward to talking with you again maybe in the next six months or year and find out what else is new on your journey. Thank you so much for serving my audience so well. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Gail. I enjoyed talking with you, and I can't wait to hear their stories of, of how they ventured out and started their RV journeys. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks, Christine. I'm Dr. Gail Clifford, and I look forward to hearing from you with questions and comments about this and future podcasts. Join the Single Mom MD community by clicking on the link below. We welcome you with regular engagement and personalized attention to your specific questions. When you think of additional topics you'd like covered on this podcast, contact me via social media at Single Mom MD.